It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yeah, they'll know we are Christians by our love. In times where everyone is so divided, how can we be a good neighbor? Feeling all of his mysteries and making everything as plain as day. And if I have faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give all I own to the poor, or even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to have you worshiping with us here at Faith Bible Church. It is hard to believe that we are at the conclusion of an eight-week series and really how fast life has gone. I want to take a quick moment, and I just want to again thank Isaac Jarnigan. Uh, several of you have watched that starting video that sort of is the creativity of this series, and I just want to thank him for taking kind of my crazy ideas and saying, hey, can we do this, and this is what I'm thinking, and how would this work, and what would we do, and then being able to synthesize all of that and obviously a very wonderful and concise video that really is at the heart of what we're talking about this morning. Uh, also, I want to take a moment too for you uh, sort of type A proactive people. You're probably sitting there thinking, okay, we're concluding this series. Where are we going next? And what I'd like to let you all know is uh, June is going to be a fun time. Actually, next Sunday, um, I am going to be speaking out of the book of Philemon. I'm just going to be doing a one-shot sermon series. And then actually for the next two weeks, our family is going to be sneaking away on our family vacation, and Keith is going to be bringing to us a two-part series essentially um, on the Christian atheist, sort of an idea of uh, where do we in our Christian faith struggle to have faith, and what might that look like? And then the following Sunday is the 27th, and actually Parker and I are going to be looking at a few colleges, and then I'm going to be uh, tying him up with the youth group that is moving and going out on their mission trip to Tennessee. So I will then be back in the pulpit on the 4th of July, and we're going to be starting a 10-week series on understanding attributes of God, and as we understand those attributes of God, how that will deepen our faith and deepen our relationship with Him. So excited about that, excited about summer. We're going to be transitioning a little bit. Um, you're going to get an opportunity to hear from Keith, and then Pat Kennedy will be preaching on the 27th. So uh, two great people, excited to have them in the pulpit, and then I'll be back on the 4th of July, if you can believe it. 
With that, I want to take a moment and I want to just ask you a question. How many of you enjoy or want to be blessed? Pretty much everybody in there? When you think of blessing, what do you think? Let me ask you another question. How many of you have been blessed? And then what have you done with that blessing? So here's the question that we're asking this morning as we sort of conclude this idea about being a neighbor. Part of the desire behind this was looking obviously at what transpired over these past several months and recognizing with COVID and then obviously our election and some of the challenges that were there, we came to discover that our nation is quite divided. We've also come to discover that obviously being isolated or in quarantine for a period of time has had some effects on how we go about living. We've sort of gone inward rather than gone outward. And with that, the Lord really kind of reached into my heart and said, gosh, there's a great opportunity. And we prayed, I prayed over, hopefully, Lord willing, the timing on all of this, that as we went through this series, prayerfully, we would be sort of seeing COVID go into the rearview mirror. And it appears that that is the case. But the challenge that we have is this. What do we do with the opportunity that we have before us? Uh, are we going to just kind of continue doing what we do on a daily basis, which is thinking about ourselves and our own desires? Or are we going to look at this and say, there is a tremendous opportunity for the church to look to their neighbor and love them as Christ commands us to do? And so this morning, what I want to do, and the reason that I ask these questions about blessing is simply this. I don't think there's any one of us out there that if I came to you and said, would you want to be blessed today? You would say, no, no, thank you. Uh, I'll pass. But also the challenge there is, is what do we do with the blessing that has been given to us? And that's the next question that I want to ask. Do we ever think that when God blesses us, it might be so that we will take Jesus across the street to our neighbor? What do we mean by this? We're going to take a moment and we're going to look at a psalm, Psalm 67, which is in uh, the scriptures, and we're going to look essentially at a prayer that has been poetically designed to be put into a song. And the gist of this psalm is to help us to understand that there's much more to being blessed for blessings' sake. I think our natural inclination when we say, hey, Lord, bless me, or I want to be blessed, is so that what? We can be cared for. We can advance. We can have something that we desire. We can use it to essentially make ourselves feel more secure, more important, more loved, more valuable, whatever it might be. But the challenge today, and this is sort of the culminating aspect of what we're talking about in this series, is to turn that blessing outward. To take that blessing and say, God, you've blessed me for a reason. And while that blessing might actually aid me in whatever it might be, my job, my work, a sport that I play, perhaps an instrument that I'm involved in, maybe for some of you in school, grades that you receive, maybe people that are working, obviously financial gain, maybe some of you that are retired, the more better golf score that you have, whatever that might be, right? Do we look at it individually? 
Or do we look at it as a way to bring glory to God? Let's take a moment, and we're going to look at Psalm 67. I'm going to read it to you, but as we do, I want to take a moment and explain the structure of this psalm. Uh, it is chiastic in nature, and that's kind of a fancy word to demonstrate that it's tiered in its focus, and there's a purpose in that, because essentially you'll notice that there are seven verses, and the first three build to the main thrust of verse four, and then the next three sort of echo the foundation of the first three verses, and that's what's called chiastic structure. So what we'll see in a moment is while all of the verses are important, they're building essentially to verse four, and then the next verses, five, six, and seven, are echoing or restating essentially what we're seeing in verse four via the first three verses. So it is repetitive in nature, but the purpose behind that is to build the thrust of the psalm as well as remind the individuals as they sing and or say it the purpose behind what is there. Psalm 67 starts off and it says, For the director of music, with string instruments, a psalm or a song. So this psalm would have either been read and or sung by individuals, oftentimes whether it be in worship or perhaps maybe when they were out, if they remembered working in a field to remind them essentially of who God was, but also the prayer and the purpose behind what they were saying. Let's take a look. Verse 1, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. Not a bad thing, right? I think everyone here would want to come and say, Hey, the whole purpose that I'm here is that God would be gracious to me or to us and bless us. But it doesn't stop there. And that is where we begin to move into the thrust and the nature of what's being expressed here. And make his face shine upon us. Not a bad thing. I'd love to be blessed. I'd love to have the Lord's face shine upon us. And then we see essentially sila or salah, which is a pause or a breath. It's sort of a moment for reflection. And then it moves into the next statement, the purpose statement. So it doesn't stop there. The purpose behind, hey, may we be blessed and may the Lord's face shine upon us is that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Friends, one of the things that I want to encourage you in is this psalm is expressing the desire for the Lord to be known. It's expressing a desire of saying, God, yes, I would love to be blessed but may I be blessed so that others may come to know you. It continues on in verse three. It says, may the peoples praise you, O God, and may all the peoples praise you. It's a desire to make him known through the blessings that we receive. And then obviously, sort of the central focus, may the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and you guide the nations of the earth. And then there's another pause or breath. 
May the peoples praise you, O God, repetitive in nature, same as verse 3. May all the peoples praise you. Okay, in case you didn't get this, for lack of a better word, we're moving to the thrust, which is verse 4, and now we're backing out again to remind us of the call of this prayer, of this desire. And then it says, Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us. Wonderful. But then again, the purpose, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This psalm, this song, is an expression of a desire to be blessed by God. But there's a greater purpose behind it. And the first thing that I want to show you in verse 1 is simply this. We've asked this question, do we ever think that when God blesses us, it might be so that we will take Jesus across the street to our neighbor? Now, essentially, the title of today's sermon is Bringing Jesus Across the Street. And yes, we can talk about that literally. I mean, there might be a neighbor who literally lives across the street from you, whom God has put in your mind that maybe you want to go and talk to them about Jesus or just love them so they understand that indeed there is a God. Uh, but also, please hear me, there might be someone who is the cub in the cubicle sitting next to you at work. For some of you at school, it might be a friend whom you eat at lunch you sit next to them at the lunch table, or maybe they're your PE partner, or maybe after school you engage in an extracurricular activity. For some of you, you might be out retired right now and enjoying golf league, and for whatever reason you notice that every time you go out on Tuesday golf or Thursday golf, that you get put with the same partner. And you're kind of wondering, I wonder what this is all about. And lovingly, I might just say, is it perhaps... Perhaps that it's not coincidental, it's providential. And that God is using the blessings that you have been given to give you an opportunity to make God known. Now hear me, I'm not saying that in the middle of the time that you're out golfing, just about when the person is on the ninth hole to tee off and before they swing that you yell out, you're a sinner in need of a savior, right? But do you have spiritual conversations with them? Would they be able to tell that there's a difference in your life? Would they be able to say, hey, there is something different about this person. I don't know what it is, but their countenance and how they carry themselves in this world is something that is different from some other people that I know. The way that they handle themselves, the way that they talk about things, the way that they look at the world is different. And there's something there that I want to know. First and foremost, friends, I want to ask you, as we see in verses 1 and 2, the idea behind this psalm is, is that we should pray that God blesses us so that others will come to know him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll be 100% honest. I do pray that God blesses me but in my selfish life, in my sin desire, it just stops there. God bless me, right? Bless me here. Bless me so that I can do this. Bless us so that we can do that. But then it stretches to say, okay, God, when you bless me, is my heart there to utilize that blessing, whatever it might be, so that others might come to know you? Do people in the community look at me and say, there is something different about that guy? Now, obviously, I'm sure that people are going to, oh, yeah, there's something really different about him, okay? 
You can put your comments in the prayer box afterwards and I'll read them, that's totally fine. But is there something different about him? Is there something different about his life? Is there something that sets him apart that as he travels through his life, through the ebbs and the flows, through the blessings, the joys, the triumphs, and the tragedies that is central to his life that draws people to say, what is it about him that is different and I want to know more about it? Better yet, on me, when God does bless me, however that might be, it might be financially, it might be with health, it might be with an opportunity to speak, it might be an opportunity to go and engage uh, other kids via my children, whatever that might be. Am I going to look at that and say, is this an opportunity to make Jesus known? The gist behind this in case it needs to be summarized, is simply this. The heart of this prayer, this is what I want you to see, the heart of this prayer is not bless me so that I might be blessed. It's bless me so that you may be, uh, you may be made known. I, I want to ask a loving question. Are we praying that prayer? Are, are we truly going to God and saying, God, bless me however you want to, but as you do, my heart's desire is to be blessed so that others might know you, not so that I might be more blessed. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. That's the purpose. That when people look and they look at your life, they say, hey, there is something different about that person. Now, I want to flip this on its head. How many of you look at challenges or tragedies as actually blessings? Because oftentimes what we do is, is we think, okay, God, you know, bless me. It just means like, okay, a better job or more money or a, a better position or uh, more power or more authority or obviously bless me on the golf game so that when I go up and get my hole-in-one and win the men's or women's golf league that people will look. But I think this is more important and I want to ask you, has anyone ever experienced a challenge or a tragedy that was so gut-wrenching but over time, it has been a blessing in your life because it has drawn you closer to God. And through that tragedy, you have been able to bless other people. Because when we say, God bless me, what we need to recognize is we also need to say, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. It isn't bless me, period, how I want when I want, where I want, with what I want. It's bless me so that, what? Others may come to know you. Others may come to know your salvation. And at times, as hard as it might be, as gut-wrenchingly challenging, a loss of a loved one might be, a loss of a job, a health issue, a marriage falling apart, children going awry, over time, sometimes those tragedies can turn to blessing to then draw other people to God. 
Has anyone ever gone through a challenging situation? Has anyone ever seen that situation turn to then be a blessing to other people? Has anyone ever seen someone come to you 5, 10, 15 years later after the tragedy that you went through, going through the same tragedy, and there is an immediate connection that you can go to them and say, I've been there. Let me walk through this with you. Has anyone ever seen the fact that in the tragedy, the blessing comes because it draws people to God? One of the things that I want to encourage you in is this, is that this prayer is essentially a prayer of the people of God saying, God bless us so that when people look at us, when people see us in the good, in the bad, in the triumph, and in the tragedy, they recognize that there is a difference and that there is a God who cares for his people period. And so as people come and as people look, they say, I want to know more about who that God is. First and foremost, friends, we should pray that God blesses us so that others will come to know him. And I've said this, that the heart of this prayer is not bless me so that I might be blessed. It's bless me so that you may be made known. We've talked about the good side of blessing. Perhaps maybe it is a better job. Maybe it is a better golf score. Maybe it is a nicer home. Maybe it is whatever you desire. But friends, also, perhaps when you say, Lord, bless me, the blessing that comes is actually hidden through a tragedy. And I want to take a minute, and I just want to demonstrate this. God, bless us so that others may be made known. We see this all the time in Christ. We look, essentially, as the world watches Christ on the cross, giving up his life, and the world is saying, we have no idea what's going on here. We thought we were promised the kingdom, meaning temporal. We thought Jesus was going to be our deliverer and establish the nation of Israel today so that we, as followers of Jesus, would finally be liberated from Roman rule. And then we always talk about how do you destroy a kingdom? Well, you kill its king. And so all of these people had these thoughts of being blessed. All of these people thought that it was going to come then. And yet as Jesus hangs on the cross, what we recognize is, is all of those blessings seem to be thrown away. And yet three days later, we recognize that those blessings are way beyond our wildest dreams. And his kingdom is much greater than a temporal, earthly rule. It is eternal, and it will not end, and it will expand the globe, and it will expand the universe. And thousands of years later, people in Panora, Iowa, will sit and listen to a message that has been given thousands of years ago about being blessed by God so that others might be made known. His salvation drawn to them. Friends, is that what we pray? And then obviously we go to verse 3, and it's the idea of because once they know him, they will praise him. 
May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. I want to take a moment, and I want you to think about a, a, just a beautiful sight right now. We recognize this morning that we are in worship here at this church, but we are one church of several in this community, and we are one community of several in this county, and we are one county of several in the state of Iowa, and we are one state of Iowa in 50 of the United States, and we are one country in the world of 190, I believe, 92 countries across the globe. And this morning, as the world turns... The saints are gathering together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all the people of God are praising His name. Is that where our heart is? Is it bless us so that others will come to know you? Or is it bless me so that I might be blessed? Friends, let's take Jesus across the street. Let's go to God and say, Hey, Father, I ask that you bless me. And notice I'm pausing there. Because we don't know what kind of a blessing that the Lord might give. But if we have the heart to be blessed so that others might come to know Jesus, God indeed will answer that prayer in his time and in his place and how he sees fit. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And interestingly enough, we're looking again at this chiastic structure, and we're going to move to verse 4. But before we do, you'll notice in verse 5 it says the same thing. Because sort of the drive behind it is bless so that others will come to praise and they will see sort of culminating effect or the thrust of this verse 4, which is this that they will praise him when they see that he cares for them. How many of you know that God cares for you? And I'm talking deeply, passionately, way better than you can care for yourself. How many of you recognize the eternal pursuit that God has for his people? How many of you recognize that there is nothing that you can do that will separate you from the, the, the love of God when you are in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How many of you recognize that at your worst moments, God is still at his best moments and that Christ is still living and thriving within you? How many of you rest in the mercy and grace of God? How many of you trust in his goodness and recognize that in our imperfection, we have been made perfect by the one who was perfect, and we get to celebrate and participate in his perfection while being imperfect? And it doesn't matter, because we're saved by grace through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We look and it says, May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly, and you guide the nations of the earth. Friends, do we recognize right now, as we look around in the world, it's easy to become concerned. I don't know about you, but I'm not a huge fan of turning on the news because I look at it and I'm like, I, I'm just going to be 100% transparent. I'm like, if I just want a nice big dose of depression... I'm just going to turn on the news and watch. Now, there are some good moments. Please hear me. I'm not saying that there are not. 
But I, I don't, I, I just turn it on and my heart just gets heavy. There's this issue after that issue, this problem after that problem. But then what I do is, is I pull back and I say, no, God, your hand is continuing to draw people to you. And Lord, I am part of the greatest story ever, which is this redemption story of the people of God back to you. And so, Lord, bless me so that others might come to know you and recognize your just rule and then therefore come to praise you. They will praise him when they see that he cares for them. Let me ask you this. Let's go back to this idea. When do you know and when do you most feel that God cares for you? When all is going well? Or when all is going wrong? Oftentimes at those moments when things are going wrong, when challenge does come upon us, that we recognize indeed we are truly blessed by God. Some of the people that I see are, that are the biggest blessing to the kingdom are those that have gone through some of the most gut-wrenching tragedies that anyone could ever endure. And they go forward and they bless others because God is blessing them. This is what I want to encourage you in. This is kind of a fun little saying. It's anonymous. It just says this. Don't just count your blessings, right? But be the blessing that others, people count on. Let me ask you a question. Are you someone that people will come to and, and, and be blessed simply because they sit in your presence? Are you someone that will encourage and uplift their spirits? Or are you someone that is just counting your blessings and when they leave, they're actually more drained than being uplifted by you? What if, what if there is a neighbor, and we're going to put that in quotes, what if there's a neighbor sitting next to you this morning? What if there's a neighbor that is literally living across the street from you today? What if there is a neighbor that is in the next cubicle I was where you work. What if there is a golf partner that you could be a blessing to? And that person, even though they're putting on their best face and saying that all is well, is just crying out and saying, I wish there was somebody that would care about me that I could count on. What if? Are we asking that? Are we looking for that? Are we saying, God, is there someone out there that you could put in my life that I could be a blessing for? Or is it, God, just bless me so that I can be blessed? May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide all the nations of the earth. God is guiding this story, friends. God has this story in the palm of his hands. Nothing that transpires, even when we turn on the news and wonder what in the world is going on, is beyond the control of God. Because God is drawing out and God is moving to bring people to himself through us, his church of which we are blessed. We are blessed because we simply know 
Jesus. And that is enough. But will that be enough to take that blessing to those whom so desperately need to hear the message of the gospel? People will praise him because they see that he cares for them, and then we basically, for lack of a better word, back up or reaffirm the statements that are there, and we continue to verse 5, which again is a repetition, but a purposeful repetition for what's been stated in verse 3 to essentially accentuate the main thrust, which is in verse 4. And that is this. May people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. How many of you have had an opportunity to be in, in, in an, a time of worship, whether it's been here, whether it's maybe at a big concert, maybe it's at a, you know, a, a, a big retreat or whatever, and you just stand and you look and you see people worshiping God? A couple of people are raising their hands. For me, probably the greatest experience were the few times at Dallas Theological Seminary during chapel when we would sing a cappella. Now, obviously, if you know me, I was probably the one that would ruin that. Uh, but it was a great privilege to sit in chapel and hear people singing praises to God and looking and recognizing that I'm standing next to brothers and sisters in Christ across the globe coming from many places and many backgrounds, all singing praises to God. And then to think about and say, this is an inkling. This is like infinitesimal compared to what it will be when we are in his kingdom. Friends, when we sing praises to God, does the world know? Because if there are people out there, if there are people that need to know Jesus, and I'm going to lovingly encourage us and challenge us, and they come and they see a church that is singing half-hearted expression to God, they're going to wonder if God has half a heart. But if they see a church that is singing wholehearted praises to God, they're going to look and they're going to say, there is something different. There is something about that God to whom they sing that is real. There is more than just words on a page. Because the God of whom we worship is alive. And the God of whom we worship is alive, I pray inside of us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us when we place our faith and trust in Jesus. We see that they will praise him when they see that he cares for them and again we reinforce it in verse 5 because once they know him they will praise him. And so once again we go to verses 6 and 7 and we read these words which essentially are building upon the foundation to reinforce the emphasis in verse 4 which is this. Then, again, purpose statement. Notice that we have essentially verse 1 purpose statement and then we see in verse 5 a call and another purpose statement in verse 6. Then the land will yield its harvest and God our God will bless us. 
aspect of blessing, the land yielding its harvest in the cultural time of this day, obviously a good harvest, people recognize that they were blessed by God. And then it says, God will bless us and all of the ends of the earth will fear him. And so once again, friends, we should pray that God blesses us so that others will come to know him. The purpose behind this isn't bless us so that we can have a good harvest and make a lot of money or have a good harvest and have a ton of food so that when we want to eat more, we can have it. It's that all of the ends of the earth will come to know and fear him. And so this is another thing. This is sort of an anonymous prayer and benediction. And that is this. May the blessings of this day radiate through your smile. Let's stop there. When we smile, do people see blessing through us? I'm not saying a fake smile, okay? People can see that. They can see through sort of a, a fake smile. But do they see essentially the smile of the joy of the Lord within us, radiating through us? But also, be helpful through your hands. How are we using the blessings that we give to be helpful through our hands? How are we taking Jesus and the blessings that are given to us outside the walls of this church? I've said before, and we continue to say, that church is wonderful, and praise God for all of you who've come this morning. We're grateful for it. We're grateful for the opportunity to worship. But friends, this is essentially the culmination. This is the time to celebrate what God has done. Really, the church needs to be out there. We come to culminate our worship here. We go and be the church out there. And then it says, and shine through your heart. So again, the impetus behind this is, where is your heart? Is your heart self-concealed or self-desiring? God bless me so that I can be blessed. Or is it, Lord, bless me so that I might be a blessing to others? That I might be able to go out and just be Jesus. So that others will see that, hey, there is something different about, and insert your name here. May the blessings of this day radiate through your smile, be helpful through your hands, and shine through your heart. Friends, we've asked this question. Do we ever think that when God blesses us, it might be so that we will take Jesus across the street to our neighbor? We've discovered in this psalm, which has been put into a song, this chiastic structure, putting emphasis essentially to verse 4, that leads in the idea of that we should pray that God blesses us so that others will come to know him, and that because once they know him, they will praise him, and then they will see ultimately as they praise him that he cares for them. And then backing back out to reemphasize that point, because once they know him, they will praise him. Therefore, friends, we should pray that God blesses us so that others will come to know him. Essentially, the culmination of all of this, the take-home truth for you, what is this psalm really driving at? It's this, that our hearts should desire 
to take the blessings of God in our lives across the street so that our neighbors may come to know and praise him. I want to take a minute, and what does that look like? What does that look like fundamentally in your life? Father, we do come before you this morning. We just thank you for each and every individual that is with us. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for this series that you have brought us through, demonstrating the great need that is in our community, the community that is around us. Father, I pray that our hearts would have been touched, that you would continue to mold and to shape us, that this would be transformative in how we go about living our lives. Father, it is wonderful to come and worship together. It is the culmination of our week. But Lord, may we also be reminded that we are to take you outside of these walls. This is an edifice. It's, it's just mere brick and mortar. It enables us to come and worship. But Lord, we are the church. We are the flesh and the life and the water, the breath, the joy, the warmth, the heat that is there. And so, Father, I pray that particularly as we think about our lives, that we would look and we would just ask a simple question. God, who can I take Jesus across the street to? What person have you put in my life that I might be able to be that cup of cold water, that I might help them overcome an addiction because I once was addicted, that I might help them through a challenging time in a marriage because I went through a challenging time in a marriage? that I might wrap my arms around them and love them as nobody can love them as they're experiencing the gut-wrenching loss of a child. That I might be able to go to them and tell them that they are loved by God because I once wondered if I was loved by God as well. Father, all of these things plus others as we look at the blessings that God gives are great opportunities for us to go out and be a blessing for others. And the whole purpose behind that, as we discover in this psalm, is not just to bless us, but so that others might come to know you and really receive the greatest blessing of all, which is a relationship with Jesus, the creator, the maker, the sustainer of heaven and earth, the one who went to the cross on our behalf so that we might have eternal life. Father, with that, I pray again that you would just draw our hearts closer to you, that we would look around our neighborhood, that we would love you with our whole heart. But through this, as we look into your word, as we allow to transform our hearts and our lives, that indeed we would cry out and really rise to the next part of that commandment, which is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Father, we thank you. We love you. We do pray these things in Christ's name and Christ's name alone. We ask it all by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say, Amen.